the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KDOW. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Ron Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Afternoon. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money and less more. Thanks for listening to the show. Feels good to say this to you. Happy Friday. You big stocks are driving the market. We've gone back into, um, uh, I want to scratch that, start the whole show over. Welcome in, everybody. It's Rob Black and your buddy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, stocks are moving lower today. This is a stock market, but on the days when you get that broad participation lower, you go, okay, maybe it's a, a feeling. Alphabet investors should reject the CEO's pay and the proxy uh, proxy firm is saying, you don't see that very often. When... A CEO and the board of directors sets up a situation where um, his pay packet is about $250 million, is considered excessive according to a – let's just call him a law firm. Uh, maybe it's an investor law firm is a better way of maybe putting it who says, hey, we think that's too much money. Here's a question for you. And again, let's start with these moral dilemma questions. <clears throat> If Google goes from a market cap of six hundred billion to eight hundred billion, and you pay the CEO two hundred fifty million, and net net for the investors, you've just pulled in another two hundred ninety nine point seven five billion. Should you not get? Where is compensation too much? And then you start getting into situations of. Uh, the CEO versus the founder, Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, billionaire, founded the company. Some of the guys from Google used to be founders, billionaires. They've kind of left the company. They're staying around on the board in situations like that, but they're not doing the day-to-day operations. <clears throat> so when you start comparing management, billionaire versus new CEO, like <clears> – <throat> uh, 
um, Apple CEO, he's not Steve Jobs. So, but does he want to get compensated like Steve Jobs? Is that what you're looking for? Get to know your CEOs of your companies. If you pick up the annual report from the company, um, you can order a copy, which is actually kind of cool. It's a well-designed catalog. Trees are going to be cut down to make it, of course. Uh, that's probably the biggest negative, but it, it's typically a nice presentation that shows you what the companies do. It tells you what the CEO is thinking about the year ahead and the year behind. It tells you who the competition is. It goes over the financials with you. The thing that I like is learning who the competition is in their mind. Another thing that's oftentimes in these SEC filings or annual reports, quarterly reports, you'll find out if they're being sued or you'll find out if there's legal terminology like the ability for a company to act as an ongoing entity is threatened by COVID or you name it, right? Stocks are a little mixed today. In an ideal world, all stocks go up together. Woohoo! We all make money, except for the people who aren't involved, right? It's kind of what happens. If you're not involved in the stock market, you don't create wealth over time in the stock market. You got to pay to play or something like that. 800-516-1220 calls on the air. The world is has not hit its ideal state right now. We want stocks to always go up. But we're not. We're still suffering and struggling and, and going through this COVID-19 environment. Market breadth is lousy. Investors need to think about the implications of narrow breadth rally. What it means for stock picking in the second half of 2020. Um, I was looking over some financials where companies' cash flow evaporated in, in the first quarter. And it looks like it should come back from talking with management in the second quarter. But this brings up a really good question. What if it gets lumpy? What if we turn into a stock picker's market because stock market goes down 30, 40%, then it bounces back and is break even to slightly higher for the year? At that point in time, there's been economic damage. So we probably need to be a little bit better at stock picking. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The 10 largest stocks in the NASDAQ are the ones that have been moving the market recently. Poster child for narrow breath. It's not like a lot of money is going into a lot of stocks that's pushing us higher right now. It's a lot of money is going into very few stocks. And because they're market-weighted indexes, it's something you should be acknowledging. If you don't have a list of some of the, you know, the biggest tech names out there, I'm going to give them to you right now. And in your head of head, I want you to think, those aren't bad names. Microsoft. Now, when I say Microsoft, I hope you go, oh, I've never owned that. I hope you go, I kind of wish I could own that. Because I know they got this cloud business and this Xbox business and the cloud business and the online business. And they, they're doing well. Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Intel, NVIDIA, Netflix, Cisco, Adobe. That's not a list for you to go out and buy. But those are the guys who move the markets. It's interesting because when I was growing up, the big boys were things like Walgreens and Viacom, CBS and Kraft Heinz. The big boys have been replaced with a lot of tech names, right? So that's kind of out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Not a lot of breath. So 
how can I pass this idea? How can I hammer that home today? The market's rally is getting finicky. So it could be pretty fragile ahead. Stocks trim their weekly gains at the open today. China withdraws its 2020 GDP growth target, says it'll implement national security laws on Hong Kong. I'll be honest with you. The Hong Kong China thing, for me, I look at that as a lot of political news. I know Hong Kong is kind of a huge business significance. I don't stop and analyze that one for very long. I never have found myself going, well, I would love to own this stock or this this sector or this index, but uh, China's exposure to Hong Kong or Hong Kong exposure to China is just not what I want. IBM's cutting jobs. Um, talking about a former big boy of the market, Big Blue. Um, again, in the world of investing, in, I don't know, you can put this into indexes or sectors. You can't have it all. And IBM had its day. I've never owned a share of IBM because when I came up as an investor, it was more interesting to think about Intel and Cisco and Microsoft and what they were doing, Sun Microsystems. Um, IBM was always kind of stodgy. IBM had more than 350,000 full-time employees. They're a big company at the end of last year. Uh, they have a new CEO. He took over as CEO in uh, early April. A lot of times CEOs come in and they kind of clean house, kind of put their stamp on the company. That's always a concern. It's always a concern when you, you get a new CEO or a retiring CEO. Um, same thing with CFO. <laughs> a financial officer could be very conservative or a financial officer could be very aggressive. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. TikTok. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. The clock is ticking. No, 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 no. TikTok, social media company. The Chinese app is rapidly becoming the biggest story in American social media. Yay, we have something to talk about other than COVID. Um, have you used TikTok? Do you know about TikTok? Have you Googled TikTok or gone to YouTube and said, what's TikTok? Show me a TikTok video. Hey, Alexa, show me a TikTok video. I hope a lot of people's Alexa's just went off. Um, ByteDance, the company that owns the app called TikTok, talked about one of the people they didn't, eh, recruited. We'll use the word recruited. They recruited a Disney executive, long regarded as potential successor to CEO Bob Iger as its chief operating officer. Um, so talent is the first thing here. Success or failure starts at the top. If this company, ByteDance, 
Um, it sold shares, ultimately valued at over $100 billion in the private market. They're stacking up in management now. They're stacking up so they can go public and show the world, heck, hey, 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 we're TikTok. We're kind of a thing. Pressure's building in the United States on TikTok. The U.S. government kicked off a national security review of the app last year. Something that I think, uh, it's never come up in my head, and maybe it should. And then one day I watched a movie on, a documentary on, uh, you know, the social, the, the, how Facebook has been weaponized. And one of the professors who teach is privacy. He's, he asks his students, do you feel like your cameras ever spied on you on your phone? Or do you feel like your phone's ever listened to you? Do you see something in it that, that shows that? And for years and years and years, I was like, nope, nope, nope. Um, I trust Apple. I trust Google. I trust Verizon. I trust AT&T. And the apps on the inside of the phone, they can't. I, I know about the cookies. And Okay, so I was offended a couple of years ago when I learned that Facebook tracks what I'm doing when I'm not on Facebook on my computer. I'm like, whoa. But I've never in my head is it crossed. Oh, I don't trust the Cheneys to be in my phone or they're going to find something in my phone and send it back to the government. I'm, my, I'm being naive, am I not? Um, when we see all the hacks and the U.S. government blames it on Russia or the U.S. government blames it on someone out of the Middle East or North Korea, China comes up often too, right? So that's not something a company has to deal with all that often. Government conversation about are you viable as a product in the United States? We've seen probably every administration – kind of weaponize national security and say things like, well, we don't really want to, China's got a, a company that we don't want to work with right now, Huawei. They're, they, they, they are well positioned to help the world with 5G. And the United States is saying, nope, you guys aren't fair partners to us, so we're going to go after one of your biggest promising thoughts. Or is it about national security? Or is it about helping U.S. economies and companies that don't quite compete with them that has to get on the same play even failed? You're buying them time. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. So we'll keep an eye on, on TikTok. That'll be one of those companies that can go public. When you look at – there's the company that – man, I want to say this and I can't say it the way I want to say it because there's decency laws. Airbnb was supposed to have a good 2020. There, that was the year they were going to come public, and a lot of the insiders were going to make millions and millions and billions of dollars. Um, maybe 2021. Maybe. COVID kind of threw them. Not a curveball. Yes, a curveball. With over 110 million Americans over the age 50, it's no wonder that we're starting to focus on them too as what sort of tools – can we create for them so that we can make money? As an investor, you're going to have a choice to make. Uh, what's your investment thesis? Is it that America's getting older? We have 110 million Americans over the age 50. Um, you'll have a moment in your life when you go to someone's house who's over 50 and you're like, from pilfering through their, their prescription medicines in their bathroom, you'll go, wow, this guy's on a lot of pain medicine. I might have one or two of those for myself when they're in their 30s and 40s too. 
fifties and sixties turns into, you know, blood sugar issues and blood clotting issues and iron deficiencies and you name it, people are taking more and more pills. Your investment thesis could be 110 million people. It's a growing number over 50 more. I'm going to invest in pharmaceuticals or healthcare. Or you could say, you know what? I like the way, uh, I don't like the way that group of people spend money. They're, they're too thrifty. And you go after, I'm going to say my investment thesis is going to invest in the millennials. They seem to have the most whimsical pers- uh, purchases. And then you're like, eh, but I, they're not brand loyal. So that's going to be kind of tough. Um, so you go, uh, maybe Generation X. Well, Generation X isn't spending money like we used to. We've had the kid. That's expensive. We bought the house. That's expensive. We've stocked up the house. Now we're kind of like waiting to get like you have to figure out what makes you an investor. What makes you wake up in the morning and say, I want to do that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, coronavirus patients treated with Trump's touted hydrochloroquine at a higher risk of death. A new study says, don't you hope we can get to a day and age where that kind of stuff goes away? Just that conversation. Joe Biden's on the campaign trail, also known as the Internet. Uh, former Vice President Joe Biden told CNBC, an economic recovery from the coronavirus is a long way away. Now, again, conspiracy theories. I've started with TikTok in China. Do we trust them? I'm seeing more and more people with, I don't want to say the conspiracy theory, but they're on the line of open up the damn economy now. Now. And this isn't going to be as bad as people think. And I've seen some people go, second hotspot and we'll have to shut down for two years this time. Two Kids are never going back to school. You you want to send your kid to see his favorite kindergarten? Your kid's never going to go back to school ever. So there's a kind of extreme going on, right? So it, does it benefit Biden to, to attack the economy? What if the economy heats back up? Or is he scaring people right now saying, double dip recession, come in, don't spend your money, lock yourself down financially like you did with COVID? friend of mine who used to live in California, and he was hippie granola when he lived in California. He moved to Texas. His company basically moved to Texas. He used to work at McAfee. He texted me last night. And he's like, you got to come to Texas, man. We don't pay taxes here. Psst, we don't pay taxes. Not like California. And uh, he went from like a hippie granola Berkeley guy to he, he owns gun. <laughs> he owns gun and does like taxes. And whoa. Imagine that geography controls your politics. I could see it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Are you a stock picker or do you invest in the market? Do you think you're looking for a company with a great breakout? Or are you looking for a company with a great CEO? You should always have questions about who you are as an investor. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Where do we begin? The rubble or our sins? Try to be the fire without any love why. Try to be the fire while hoping that it dies. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
American billionaires got $434 billion richer during the pandemic. Wow. What do they say about the rich getting richer? 70% of Dubai companies expect to go out of business within six months due to the coronavirus pandemic. About half the restaurants and hotels surveyed expected to go out of business in the next month alone. Three quarters of the travel and tourism uh, that companies were expecting, um, just not there. So uh, the thought on that in my head is something to the tune of, you know, let's look back at Dubai. We know they're in the Middle East. We know that they're building an island. We know that they're building buildings on top of an island. They're building lakes on top of a building on top of an island. And they're getting a lot of people to come to their country and spend some money as tourists. Um, some of the best world, it's the world's best golf courses, things like that. So yeah, that's a lot of companies going bankrupt though. 75%. So it shows you that there's gonna be like kind of a lingering thing. Now, where in the United States do we have some economic tourism? San Francisco, um, New York city, right? There's going to be more damage coming as the travel, the lack of travel or the slow return to travel plays out. But then again, this week and last week really started opening up the country again. And I would say the headlines are competing with each other. Good economy or better improving economy, people out spending, people aren't dying as much, but some people are. There's a spike in Southern California. As Southern California opened back up. Um, so the headlines are starting to compete with each other there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm not sure. Do we have Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com? Ah, holding on, Tony. Unemployment rose in all 50 states in the United States, all 50 United States in April. I'm having some tongue twisters today. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, As an investor, I've I've made a career out of saying you need to be in the market when employment's good in the United States. You need to cut back a little bit of exposure to the market when unemployment's high. Um, and again, exposure to the market, that's such a broad phrase. Like, is that exposure to the growth stocks? Is that exposure to value stocks? Is it exposure to big tech? What exactly are you saying, Rob? I'm saying that part of my investment thesis is dynamic. And one of the things that I look at, it's employment. Because if you're employed, you tend to say, I want to go to a restaurant. Whoops, can't go to restaurants. If you're employed, you tend to say, I want to go on vacation. Oh, you can't go on vacation. If you're employed, so the employment's important. When the other parts of our economy, it, it's showing you that it does work together, right? It's bringing Tony Mendez. When you're employed, you need a roof over your head for your job so you don't look like a vagrant street person. I feel like I've been in lockup for seven years. I sent you a picture of myself to update you, Tony, and you said you look like a homeless person. I'm like, yeah, thank you. But I have a job and Good I have morning. mortgages. What's going on in the mortgage market, Tony? There's really only two black clouds that are hanging over the real estate market right now, and that's the lack of inventory and the pullback of some of the products that uh, are available to purchase homes. Right. Other than that, uh, you know, home prices are going up. Credit scores for mortgages are going up, um, and it, rates are great. So there's a lot of demand right now for a few amount of property, and sellers are sitting back going, what are we going to do? And, uh, you know, bidding wars are back up. 41% of homes right now are seeing bidding wars. So it's looking pretty good as far as sellers are concerned. 
So we don't have to get into too much details about my personal mortgage history, but <clears throat> mortgage rates have gone lower essentially in all 25 years of my my life as an adult. They've they've marched lower from 10% to 9% to 8% to 7, 6, 5, 4. I was like, wow, that's never going to get – I remember when it was 10. My dad would love this because my dad went from like 20% down to 10% in his life. Um, where's the 30-year mortgage right now, Tony? Freddie Mac does a survey called the Primary Mortgage Market Survey. It's, it's, it's really a benchmark kind of trend that we watch. It's a 3.24% on the 30-year fixed all-time lows. Uh, unfortunately, it's not there for everybody. A lot of those uh, um, rates for people who are getting cash out or have investment properties or in what they call high balance conforming or jumbo loans are looking at slightly higher rates because of the way that investors are looking for upfront money. They're looking at the CARE Act and saying, you know, people can go into forbearance and we want our money up front. So some of the risk levels are causing higher rates for people who have slightly higher risk factors. Yep. But for the majority of the people out there, rates are in the low threes. That's amazing. And I don't want it lost on our listeners right now that that wasn't available in my father's lifetime. It's only available to me right now late in my financial life. I look at my financial life as age 20 to 70 or maybe halfway through my financial life or 20 through 60. Um, how about home prices? Cause I'm seeing the conventional wisdom. No one's got a job. Landlords are going to be defaulting. Renters are going to be saying, I'm not paying. Uh, it should be a mess. And yet it's, it's been moving higher, uh, pretty consistently. What are you, what are you seeing in home prices right now on loans that you're putting together for people? Well, uh, Lawrence Yoon, who's the chief economist at national association of realtors. He basically said, listen, at the, uh, yeah, NAR. Uh, they're still attracting buyers and boosting up home prices, quote unquote. And that's what's driving home prices right now. Uh, and it's everywhere. Um, you know, you get companies like Facebook that's saying, oh, we, we want 50% of our employees to work from home or 50,000. Okay. And yeah. that's driving people to smaller cities and in places where people can work from home and buy bigger houses and t- take a pay cut possibly, but still afford a house. So we're seeing that across the nation and we are seeing home prices go up as a result of that. And there's a lot of predictions that maybe as we start seeing how unemployment is trickling down into the economy and whether or not more foreclosures hit the market and whether or not inventory is going to affect home prices. But at this pace with the pent up demand, we really don't see anything, at least in the six months, but you know, 2021, you know, that that's a whole different story. We don't know what's going to happen. You've been around this business for a while. Um, I saw a headline the other day, and it, it's tied towards Google. I've got Google alerts on all my favorite companies. And uh, anytime big, interesting news hits, I, I want to know about it. But Amazon's uh, selling out of their micro homes. What a crazy idea. Um, the younger generation is saying, you know, I'm good with 400 square feet. I don't need 800. I don't need 1600. And Rob Black bragging about growing up in a 3000 square foot house when he was a child repels me. Um, are you seeing any trend in the last 10, 15, 20, 25 years on the people who are getting mortgages? Are they going bigger? Are they going smaller? Are they going more towards the city? Are they going more towards the, the you know, 25 miles away from the big city? What trends have you, uh, and maybe anything that just surprised you in the last 10, 15, 20 years? Um, you know, the Bay Area, when I first got here, of course, everything surprised me. 
what people were doing, how much money was involved in transactions. And the, you know, as far as, you know, smaller homes, micro homes, yeah. uh, a lot of people are actually buying those for their backyard and they're renting them out. Uh, people are now talking about, uh, hey, that garage in the back, that could be converted to an ADU, accessory unit, and you can get some rents. Um, so the trends are nationally home, pro- home sizes have been getting larger over the years. Many years they keep getting larger. But in urban areas, you know, people get what they can. It's all about affordability. And if a microhome is the affordable type of property, that's what they look for. It's all about the land, too, where they're going to put it. So people aren't just going out and buying a chunk of land and putting a microhome on it. I think it's homeowners that are doing that and putting it in their backyard. Tony's been my friend for 25 years, uh, basically college days. And um, he's a mortgage lender. And 25 years ago, I said, you need to get 20 years ago. I said, you need to get out to California because there's a lot of added mortgage lenders. So this is what you do for a living. You're giving us some good insights. Any last thoughts before we part today on what you're seeing? Um, if people want to find you, they can find you at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Any last thoughts? Well, I, I mean, if I was a – I would look at this environment as an opportunity as – I kind of look at everything as an opportunity – that if you're looking to buy, there is going to be more inventory in the market. We're going to have what they call a late spring. And that is going to offer opportunities to people who have been looking at these low interest rates and saying, we need to buy a house. More inventory is going to hit the market. I would get prepared because these tight guidelines are going to continue. They are temporary, but we don't know how long that temporary is going to last. So just get prepared. Talk to your professional and uh, don't expect it to happen right away. Just be prepared. Yeah, that's something about your industry that makes me a little crazy. <clears throat> and you and I were talking yesterday about like uh, the Payroll Protection Act and our companies spending that money. Are they holding on to it? But I, I, I was trying to explain to you like people are holding on to it because the government keeps changing their terms and it's terms changing in mortgages too. Sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's looser. So, like Tony said, get ready. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. 20 years ago, when I came into California from the East Coast, um, I was shocked at you could actually do stories about mortgages. On the East Coast, it's the most boring thing. Like, get me whatever I need, but I want the big house with the hot tub and the the poplar tree in back. Got to have the poplar, otherwise, no deal. And you're like, whoa. Um, But here you could talk about rates and you could talk about what people are buying and what the transactions are. How are people settling it's a big story out here. Interesting, again, how your region affects you. From Texas, you probably own a gun. From Northern California, you probably don't. If you're in Texas, you probably want a bigger house. In California, you probably want any house. Um, regions do affect this stuff. So you can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. The 30-year fixed mortgage right now sits at 3.24%. 3.24%. I'm good on my mortgages because I've got them pretty close to that level in the last five years. But if you haven't, you should think about it. Cost of money is really cheap right now. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I was just having an interesting conversation with my producer. Tony Mendez brought up questions 
in his head as a younger man. He's still figuring out what in the world's true, what in the world he should believe in. Should he own a home? Should he not own a home? Should he be a renter? Should he be more, well, I'm in my 20s. I should be able to be like a butterfly and go live in Southern California and live in Texas and, and see the world before I settle down and buy a home. There's no right answer. I wish there were. I wish there was a book on this called Right Answers and published by Rob Black and Your Money. I'm just trying to get you to retirement. We all kind of do things a little bit differently. But when I was talking to him, he kind of brought up a commentary where a lot of his friends kind of like the idea of um, investing in homes not to live in, but investing in homes to make money or investing in homes to flip them and trade them. One of my contacts in life, and I would say friends, but I don't have a lot of friends. I'm just not that type of person. Tony's a friend. One of the people that I know is a reality show cameraman. It's pretty odd what you find out. Like, I have a friend who is a guitar player in a band called Night Ranger. It's just someone I know. Just someone I know. Um, they're the guys that did Sister Christian, though the time has come. And he's fascinated with me because I got this inside knowledge about money and investing. I'm fascinated by him. I'm like, you played in an arena with 30,000 people? What's that like? Must be pretty cool. Anyhow, and anyway, I am digressing. Um, <clears throat> the point of this was, Tony's kind of got that uh, world of mortgages, and he, I was asking what he sees, what's the trend, and then the producer kind of blended in that he knows a lot of engineer-type people who have some good money, and they want to use see housing as a, a trading vehicle that can make more money or a vehicle to create wealth over their lifetime and not necessarily live in. So there's a lot going on, and then I bring in my idea, the idea that I have a friend who's a reality cameraman. And I want to tie this up by telling you that reality TV is usually 90% fake. So, and to tell you a little bit about that, um, just from getting to know this guy, he, you know, I ask him some of the secrets, and he tells me some of the truths about how it shot. Kardashians, that's not a random day in the Kardashians' life. When they go to the spa, um, they've got some uh, bullet points thrown at them like, oh, man, we've been locked up and haven't been able to go to a spa for a while. I bet we're really going to be ugly today. Ha <laughs> They have some stuff written for them. But then they also have some drama created like, oh, there's only one, one petty. Everyone can get a manicure today, but only one person can get a pedicure. They could get like all of them if they wanted to, but we have to have some drama. I know you said, okay, so I get the Kardashians are set up drama. Well, get this. There was a show called Unpoppables. Cute name. Playing on the Untouchables. And it was all about balloon artists and how they twisted balloons. And they'd go to like, they'd set up the drama of like, let's go to Children's Hospital today and we're going to make these kids, you know, uh, the biggest roller coaster band on balloons. They will blow their minds. And these guys can do it because they're, they're artists. But then you have to have some drama. So one of the things they created in the show was one of the artists just happened to have an addiction to making love with people that she doesn't know. And while she's going to Children's Hospital, the next thing you know, she disappears and uh, they're like, where is she? Where is she? The kids need us. The kids need us now. That was a created situation. Um, did they find some things about their host that they could play with? Yeah. Um, I approached um, creative artists, uh, one of the greatest art a uh, agencies in the United States, to represent me to take me onto a national show because 
10 years ago, I, I honestly thought there was some play there. Kramer's getting older, uh, it's Generation X, and you know, I gave him my shtick, and we we taped a pilot. And watching the pilot, they're like, you gotta you gotta scream at people. You can't go into their homes and say, "Let me see your closet," and I, I see a pair of six hundred dollars shoes, and I, I see nothing invested that year in their kids' four hundred one k or their kids' five twenty nine plan. I, they wanted me to scream at the people like, what are you thinking about? Your kid's going to die homeless person because of you and your $400 shoes. I'm like, I'm not that guy. I'm just not that guy. I'm just, I'll say, hey, I don't know if I'd have a kid in this world and not expect to send him to college because job markets going to be tough. And $400 shoes is like one class. Reality TV is fake. I, I want to end on this one last thought of reality TV is fake is that a lot of people think they can go in and flip a house. Same thing with flipping house shows. Um, I want to uh, – Tyreek, who's the guy? Um, he and his wife were married and um, they had a show on TLC or one of the home shows, Flipping 101, Flipping Stocks, Flipping Real Estate, Flipping for Dummies. It's you could put anything that makes us easy money that sounds too good to be true into a TV show, and in house flipping, um, they, they tend to like oh, and this person's an expert. He knows he knows where to find the properties. It doesn't really work like that. What they do is they find a property that's a fixer upper, or they find a property that has been on the, like there's a house that I saw uh, two years ago for sale in Orinda. And it, <laughs> It was beautiful. The pictures were awesome. Then you get to the house and you see this massive power line one foot from the front door, one foot from the roof. I'm like, nope, not going to do that one. Uh, still on the market two years later. So a TV show would buy that house. And then they go, oh, look, there's a power line. What are we going to do? Dun, dun, dun. We've got the, we've got the people coming in, fixing up the walls. But the swimming pool leaks, and there's a power line right there. What are we going to do? They knew those problems existed. It's also like um, – so if, Shark Tank, the people are vetted for hours and hours and hours after the show and before the show by the producers. After the show by the, the sharks who want to buy their company or not, eh, there's nothing random about a five-minute elevator pitch coming in and that's a done deal. But the house flipping is one that pisses me off because there's a lot of people like you, average person who's an engineer who might have a friend working in radio. And like I saw these guys on TV make $600,000 in four weeks and all they did was put a fresh coat of paint on it. I could do a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> I want $600,000 in profit. It's fake. Please know that. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.